Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. Welcome this morning, this glorious resurrection morning. We are so glad that you have come to worship with us this morning as we worship and celebrate the risen Lord. It's our desire and prayer this morning that you experience the Spirit of God, that the name of Jesus be exalted and magnified above all else, and that you sense the fellowship of His Holy Spirit and the fellowship of other believers As you join us in the Lord's house this morning, we pray that this morning that the Lord speak to you, that the Lord strengthen you, that the Lord comfort you, and that the Lord call you into a deeper walk and fellowship with Him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for this glorious Easter morning. Lord, we thank you for... Christ Jesus, our Savior, Lord, we thank you for his victory over sin and death on the cross. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. Lord, we pray that you might bless this service this morning. Lord, as we worship you, as we celebrate you, as we lift our praise to you, and as we fellowship with one another, Lord, I pray that you might, Lord, that you might find our praise, that you might find our hearts, Lord, just uh, worthy before you. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us in Jesus, and it's in his name that I pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing, Jesus Christ the Lord is risen today. Seated, please. Amen. 
The last week of Jesus' earthly life began with a triumphal entry into Jerusalem where his appearance was welcomed as he was greeted by the hailing multitudes of people. That week, Jesus spent time with his disciples, comforting them with teachings of heaven, teaching them about the Comforter, the Holy Spirit that, that he would be sending. He demonstrated his love and his service to them by washing their feet and encouraging them to love and to serve one another. He shared his last Passover meal with them, where he intimately introduced them to the new covenant that was, of the, that was called the Lord's Supper, his, his body that would be broken for them and his blood that would be shed on the cross for the forgiveness of sin. After this last supper, Jesus and his disciples retired to an olive grove in the Kidron Valley known as the Garden of Gethsemane. There Jesus prayed in great anguish and sorrow to be spared the ordeal of crucifixion. The gospel writer Mark records, he says, He said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. And he fell on the ground and he prayed, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. But the Father remained silent. And the disciples fell asleep. Luke records that an angel appeared to Jesus from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly until his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Scripture says that Jesus came and found his disciples sleeping. And he said to them, Are you still sleeping? The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And then John, in John chapter 18, records this. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my Father has given me? And Jesus touched his ear and healed him. I stood beside the cross of Jesus. I saw the nails as they pierced his hands. I saw the crown of thorns he wore. I heard them mock his holy name. I saw the tears 
that he shed for me. Jesus died on the cross to save me from sin. He died that I might have new life. Now he's gone to prepare a place for soon he'll come again and take me home to live eternally. I stood outside the tomb where they laid him. I saw the place where they laid his head. I saw the stone was rolled away. I heard the angels say, he is not here. He has conquered the grave. Jesus died on the cross to save me from sin. He died that I might have new life. And now he's gone to prepare a place but soon he'll come again and take me home to live eternally now he's gone to prepare a place but soon he'll come again and take me home to live eternally Amen. The next several hours must have seemed like a whirlwind to Jesus. After his nighttime arrest, he was taken before Annas and then Caiaphas and the Jewish leadership. They had waited for this opportunity since early in Jesus' ministry. And now in the middle of the night, while most of Jerusalem slept, Jesus was standing trial for his life. Matthew says in Matthew chapter 26 that the chief priests and the elders and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest finally said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus replied, yes, it is as you say. But I say to all of you, in the future, you will see me sitting at the right hand of Almighty God and coming on the clouds of heaven. And with his own words, they convicted him of blasphemy. And they condemned him to death. And they began to spit on him and to beat him and to mock him. Now, 
this Jewish court did not have the authority to carry out the death penalty. They needed Jesus to be convicted by a Roman court. By now, Jesus had been up all night, and it was early Friday morning. And Jesus was led bound to the house of the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, where he was accused of treason for being the king of the Jews. Pilate repeatedly told the mob of people and the Jewish leaders, I find no fault in him, and even offered to release to them either Jesus or a murderer, Barabbas. But the crowd called out, crucify him. Pilate, afraid of the rebellious crowd, had Jesus scourged and delivered him to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. In the end, the blame for Jesus' death falls on the religious leaders and the crowd as well as Pilate. The cross of Jesus. It's hard to imagine this cruelty done to our Savior. But then I also know that it was the plan of God all along. For Paul records in Colossians 1, 19-20, For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Because there had never been anyone like Jesus. The earth shook and the skies turned black as night. The Roman soldier knew this man was innocent. This man was holy. This man was the Son of God. See them lay his broken body down. Place a crown of thorns upon his head. Wounded, mocked, and cursed, Christ without a word. Surely this must be the Son of God. Hear the guilty thieves on either side calling for the rescue of their souls one who sought relief one who shared his grief surely this must be the son of from his brow it is finished now 
And so, they crucified Jesus. Mark chapter 15, beginning in verse 21 says, Then they compelled a certain man, Simon of Cyrene, to bear his cross. They brought him to the place of Golgotha, which is translated a place of the skull. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. With him they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking among themselves with the scribes, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, Descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. Luke records that Jesus said these words. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. As Jesus was suffering on the cross, the gospel writers state that there was darkness over all the land, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. So that's noon to three o'clock. And at about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, it was in those hours that the Father God turned from His beloved Son 
um, as the Son took upon Himself the sin of all mankind. It was as the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 53, but He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him, and by His wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Matthew and Mark both record that the veil of the temple, which separated the people from the very presence of God, was torn in two. From the top to the bottom, and the earth quaked. The rocks were split, and the graves were opened. Many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Gospel writers Luke and John record that Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It is finished. And he gave up his spirit. He had been obedient to his Father. He had, he had accomplished what he was sent to do. The entire work of God's redemption for the sin of man had been accomplished. After the death of Jesus, the Bible says that a man named Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And he and Nicodemus, who were both secret followers of, of Jesus, took the body of Jesus. And they bound it with strips of linen with spices. And they laid him in a new tomb while Mary Magdalene and some other women watched. Jesus had said that after three days he would arise. So the Pharisees went to Pilate and they obtained permission to seal the tomb with a stone and to place guards at the temple, uh, at the tomb to, to seal it. But little did they know what was really about to happen.
Matthew 28, it says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. So they went out quickly from the tomb, with fear and great joy, and ran to bring his disciples' word. Following the announcement from the angel, Matthew tells us that Jesus himself appeared to the women, and they worshipped him. Peter and John wanted to see for themselves, so they went to the empty tomb and found it just as the ladies had said. Over the next several hours, Jesus appeared to two on the road to Emmaus, and when Jesus opened their eyes so that they might know that it was him, they went and found the, other, the leaven and others that were with them, and they told them that the Lord was indeed risen. And while he was speaking to the group, Jesus himself stood in their midst. Yes, he's 
chapter 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. The Gospels record many other appearances of Jesus to his followers on a mountain in Galilee by the Sea of Galilee, where he cooked breakfast for the fishermen and told Peter to feed my sheep. The Apostle Paul records in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James, and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. John continues, after his resurrection, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe, and that by believing, you may have life 
in His name. Many come to church on Easter. Some just because they were raised to go to church on Easter. Some, it's just a part of their life to worship the Lord Jesus. But I want to reiterate to you what the Apostle John said. This is a true account of the Redeemer, the Savior. And these things were written by the eyewitnesses so that that you and me, that we may believe, that we may trust Jesus. And that by believing, you may have eternal life, abundant life. Jesus did, in fact, come back from the dead and the grave. His resurrection is clear proof that Jesus is the Son of God who has conquered death and reigns as Lord of all. The resurrection demonstrates that Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross as a new covenant does indeed save those who believe from their sin. But he did not stay on this earth. The gospel writers record some of Jesus' last words on this earth in Mark chapter 16. He, He told the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Matthew records that Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mark says that after that then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. But even that is not the end. Jesus taught his followers that fateful night in the upper upper room. John records this in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. He is coming back. Jesus himself taught in in Matthew chapter 25, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on his throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. To those on the left, he'll say, Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. But then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. A kingdom where there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying, only joy dwelling in the presence of God our Father. Take place when the redeemed of Adam. 
resurrection morning, whenever that might be. might be at the second coming of Christ. For some, it may just be at our death. 
when we enter before the presence of God. Are you ready? Are you ready for that day? Are you prepared for that day? Have you truly believed in the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus? And if so, are you living your life fully for His glory and His honor? You know, the Bible says of Him in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made Himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, can I join with the Apostle Paul this morning in just begging you to be reconciled to God. If you uh, have not acknowledged Him as Lord and Savior of your life, then this morning you can do that. If you sense that the Lord calling you to give your life to Him, you come in a minute as we sing an invitation and you do that. And maybe you're here this morning and, and you would just have to say, you know what, my, my life lately or maybe for years has not been lived to the glory of God. Then you know what, it's, it's never too late to repent and to come back to Jesus. And you do that this morning if the Lord leads you to do that. Stand with me if you will, please. Oh, how He loves you and me.
I pray that you've been blessed this morning as we just remember and think about and praise God for what he's done through his death and resurrection. Amen? Amen. I pray that you have a great rest of your Easter day. May you celebrate the Lord Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the victory that was won. Lord, over sin, death, the grave, the devil, and hell itself, Lord, on that resurrection morning. And Lord, may we as your followers, may we live in the victory that you won for us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U, at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.